Coming up on Studio Berlin, we take a closer look at why German farmers are taking to the streets. Uh, one, one major point is, of course, that there are, are excessive demands on farmers. Conventional farmers feel burdened by green regulations. But for some organic farmers, they are not green enough. People demand uh, green policies, clean and uh, pollution-free products, also animal protection. And what responsibilities do consumers have? And I try to buy a lot of organic products. And I'm not relying on any decisions from politics because they, uh, they, are, they have different interests. You know. What's at stake in the debate over Germany's agricultural future? That's up next on 104.1 FM. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week we are taking a closer look at the events and issues shaping our lives here in Germany's capital and in Europe. I'm your host, Monika Müller-Kroll. Every ninth job in Germany depends directly or indirectly on agriculture and the food industry. The problem is that we do not fully appreciate its value. That was Julia Klöckner, Germany's Minister of Food and Agriculture, at the opening of Berlin's Grüne Woche, one of the world's largest food and agriculture fairs. The Grüne Woche kicked off amid protests by conventional and organic farmers. For the conventional farmers, Germany's agricultural policy is too green. For the Biobauern or the organic farmers, it's not green enough. In this episode of Studio Berlin, we want to talk about the different perspectives of the farmers and also about what role consumers play in this debate. Joining me on the phone is Professor Dr. Bernd Hans-Jürgens. He is head of the Department of Economics at the Helmholtz Center for Environmental Research in Leipzig. Good to have you. Yes, hello. Bernd, the debate about Germany's agricultural future is heated, it's emotional, and it seems that the divide between farmers, policymakers and consumers is growing. Why is that? Yes, the main reason is that there are different goals with respect to farming. On the one hand, um, it's of course about farmers' income, and so it's about income support, which is provided by the European um, Common Agricultural Policy. On the other hand, people demand more and more uh, environmental issues. They want to have a clean environment, uh, do something for biodiversity and for climate protection. And this is, of course, a conflict. Let's talk about the perspective of the conventional farmers. We saw major demonstrations last November. Thousands of tractors made their way to Berlin and, and the same series of protests returned last week, coinciding with the opening of the Grüne Woche. Why are the conventional farmers taking to the streets? Uh, one, one major point is, of course, that there are, are excessive demands on farmers, uh, which is on the one hand uh, that people demand uh, green policies, clean and uh, pollution-free products, 
also animal protection and on the other hand uh, the farmers have to struggle in a competitive environment they are facing uh, high bureaucracy and these are major reasons that they oppose against the greening of the common agricultural policy and you worked on a paper examining the common agricultural policy. It's a system of subsidies and programs for agriculture operated uh, by the European Union. Uh, first, uh, what are the main goals of this policy? Yes, first we have to say the major part of the European budget goes to the agricultural sector. So it's close to 40% of the European money is going to the agricultural sector in all the countries and sometimes the countries co-finance uh, this budget. And it's primarily oriented towards income support of farmers. Um, historically, after the Second World War, it was quite important to support the farmers in order to uh, improve the food situation in Europe. And uh, in the beginning, uh, this was done by price subsidies. Now, over the 80s and 90s, we have abolished the price subsidies. Instead, we have uh, subsidies which are related to the to the size, to the farmland, to the size of the farmland. And this is, of course, um, the major uh, objective, and it's important for the farmers. And so that means that if I have a large farm, of course, I get more money than someone who has a small farm. Yes, of course, because uh, it's a per hectare uh, allocation of funds. But as I understand it, some farmers find that uh, kind of uh, unfair, right? I mean, not everyone is happy with that uh, distribution. Yeah, of course. We have a change in the farming structure. We, uh, we see more and more big farms with, with hundreds or even thousands of hectares. And on the other hand, we have still family-organized uh, farming systems where with, with small uh, uh, farms and uh, only uh, uh, very, very small uh, sites. And uh, here farmers are struggling. So in the south of Germany or in the middle of Germany, the farm size is much lower than compared to the northern parts and the eastern parts of Germany. So you examined the common agricultural policy. I believe there are more reforms to come in 2020. What were your findings? Our main point is that uh, current agricultural policy and also the plans for next year, starting for the next period of the common agricultural policies, will fail with respect to biodiversity, climate, soils, land degradation, as well as socioeconomic challenges. The environmental side uh, will be far too weak. This is our major concern. Okay, let's hear from some farmers. KCRW Berlin talked with some conventional farmers at the Grüne Woche. This is Michael Bendel, a crop farmer from Hesse. Jetzt ist es momentan so, dass wir 2020 wieder eine neue Düngeverordnung rausbekommen. There's supposed to be a new fertilizer regulation in 2020, which says we're to fertilize 20% less in the red areas because nitrate levels are too high. But if I fertilize 20% less, then the crops are underfed. So I'll get a lower yield and lower quality, which means I might not be able to use the harvest for animal feed nor for human consumption, maybe only for biogas production. What do you think about uh, his concern? <laughs> on the one hand, I understand his concern, but on the other hand, I don't understand the concern. Uh, let's look at um, the pollution of soils and water. 
uh, we have a violation of the European Water Framework Directive here in Germany. So at, at uh, closely to 30% of the monitoring stations, we see that the uh, that the level which is allowed for nitrate is violated and another 50% are close to this level. So we have strong pollution of nitrate, also phosphate, phosphorus, and this puts a high burden on the environment and especially on the water bodies. And here Germany has to react and it's, it's not only due to the legal prescriptions, it's also with respect to our future. If we want to have a better environment in the future, we have to improve this situation. Bernd, can we reduce the use of fertilizers and make sure farmers stay still profitable? Uh, yes, uh, of course it's possible. On the one hand, we have to to say that, uh, I mean, there was already a reduction uh, of uh, chemicals and uh, of uh, nitrate and of phosphorus over the last, let's say, 20 years, which was in the order of, let's say, between 10 and 20 percent on average. So there is an improvement with respect to the emissions which was which were which were yeah, emitted into the environment. Uh, but now uh, farmers have to look for other opportunities, uh, and I expect, uh, in fact, a huge step forward uh, when we f focus on digitalization and on automatic machinery, so that the mechanic um, improvements will play a role in the future. Let's hear from another farmer. Uh, we talked to Katja Beerbalk at the Grüne Woche. She has a sheep farm in Germany. And this is what she had to say. We were an organic farm five years ago, but we couldn't afford to do it any longer. People say they want organic food, but they're not willing to pay for it. Does she have a point? Oh, yes, she has a point. There's a clear mismatch on the side of the consumers. On the one hand, the consumers want to have healthy food and from, from healthy animals. On the other hand, they are not willing to pay for this. And they, they always go to the supermarket and pay the cheapest, the cheapest meat. And so here we have to change human behavior over time. This can be achieved by... Uh, providing additional information or by um, additional instruments, certification and things like this. But this will take some time. And not all people are willing to follow uh, the better quality. And where do you buy your meat? <laughs> I I go to the, to to the neighborhood, and in my case, it's easy because we have an excellent uh, butcher in the neighborhood in Leipzig. Yeah. In, in, yeah, in the part of Leipzig where I live, in the east, southeastern part of Leipzig. Yes. So, I mean, you do eat meat? Yeah, but uh, personally, I do eat meat, yes, but not so much. But it's a clear point and a clear statement. We, as a society in Germany, we Germans eat too much meat. And this uh, poses high pressures on our ecosystems. By the way, it also leads to the fact that we on, on uh, look at the agricultural fields in Germany, where 50% of the land cover is agriculture in Germany. And on this 50% of the land, we produce food, feed, and bioenergy. We produce 15% food, 65% for feed, 
and about 20-22% for bioenergy. And in addition to this, we also import uh, feed from, from Brazil and other countries. Uh, and we do this for the production of, yeah, of meat. And uh, then we have to deal with the external effects, which means that we have to put all the remaining things on the, on the grasslands. You are listening to KCRW Berlin and we are looking into Germany's debate over the future of agriculture, the different perspectives and the role consumers play in this discussion. We'll be back after a short break. Stay tuned. Hey, you. You've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. So, you've been thinking about corporate underwriting on KCRW Berlin, but just don't know how to get started? Let us make it easy for you. The next time you're on your computer, email us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. We'll be more than happy to explain the process step by step. It's that easy. Remember, email us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. Then, the next time you're listening to KCRW Berlin, you just might hear your business name on the air. This is Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm your host, Monika Müller-Kroll, and with me on the phone is Professor Dr. Bernd Hans-Jürgens, Head of the Department of Economics at the Helmholtz Center for Environmental Research in Leipzig. We've been talking about the farmers' protests, coinciding with the opening of the Grüne Woche, protests by both conventional farmers and organic farmers, Two different visions of the future of Germany's agricultural policy. And I want to play another clip uh, by Julia Klöckner, Germany's Minister of Food and Agriculture. Here is what she had to say about sustainability at the Grüne Woche in Berlin. And we don't with ideology. We don't want ideologically driven change. We want everyone on board. We will only accomplish true sustainability if we reconcile economics with ecological and social considerations. 
It sounds good what she says. Of course. <laughs> is it really? it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds good. Uh, but the point is, if people talk about sustainability, everyone has a different opinion what sustainability is. Uh, some people focus more on the economic perspective, and then they talk about sustainable farmers' income, and others focus more on the ecological side of sustainability. And she's absolutely true when she says we have to balance the diverse aspects or columns of sustainability. Uh, but the point is, how do we balance it? And uh, over the last years, there was an, an emphasis on the farmer's income, which was, at least from my perspective, much too, uh, too heavy, and we neglected the ecological side. And now, in the next period uh, of the European uh, subsidy systems, we have to improve this. Mm -hmm. So you mean actually some farmers got too many subsidies? The amount is too high. Was too high? Yeah, it's not only it's not only too high. They they got it for for doing nothing, for doing business as usual. Okay. My point is because uh, the subsidies were connected uh, to the to the field, to the site as such, and uh, it would be much better to connect uh, the subsidies to uh, special. Uh, efforts which, uh, in, with respect to biodiversity protection or climate protection, which could be done by the farmers. I talk to quite a few farmers, like conventional farmers and uh, organic farmers, and I think they all seem to have the same problem when it comes to income. <laughs> it does yes. not look good because uh, I can't really prove this, but maybe someone says, okay, I make actually four euros an hour. So... This is also happening as well. And, but the, the, the decisive point from my perspective is that we have to change the framework conditions, which means, first of all, the financing. But of course, this is not sufficient. We also need the support of the consumers and of the trade companies in the chain uh, when, the, when the food is going through the trade uh, markets and the supermarkets and so on and so on. It's not only the farmers which, who have to react. It's also other parts of the society, particularly the consumers which have to be involved. Okay. And now I'd like to switch our conversation a little bit to the perspective of the organic farmers, uh, because yes. we talked about the conventional farmers quite a bit. So um, KCRW Berlin went to the We Haben a Sat or We Are Fed Up demonstration last Saturday. And here are some voices. Actually, these are from protesters, from uh, concerned consumers. Let's listen. Well, for me, I react as a consumer and I try to uh, behave myself uh, more ecological. Like, I, I avoid uh, uh, to eat uh, meat, not so much meat. I cannot avoid it, but I try to buy a lot of uh, uh, organic products, which I, uh, well, I, I'm not a, a millionaire, but I try to buy as much as possible. And uh, my opinion, We have to start from the basic because the politi politicians, they won't change anything, real big things. Everybody has to start by himself and make a network and then we get stronger. And I'm not relying on any decisions from politics because they, uh, they, all, they have different interests. You know. What do you think about his opinion? Um, he believes that the individual can do a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would say this is a clear starting point, of course, but we need both. We need uh, individual behavior, and here all we as consumers can do something. But another important point are the political framework conditions, as I said before. Uh, if we do not succeed in changing the European financing system, so away from farmers' income to protecting biodiversity, climate, and other soils and other issues, then we will not succeed. 
Then KCRW Berlin talked with a woman and she feels that big business has too much power over politicians. We want lawmakers to listen to what scientists have to say and not be swayed by big money. What do you think? We have done a major study for the European Commission and you should be aware, I mean, the European Commission asks for evidence-based support for their policies. So two years ago we had a workshop in Brussels and we told them that we are not satisfied and that we think that ecological, climate, soil um, aspects are neglected in the current uh, European agricultural policies and that the system has to be changed. So the agricultural uh, lobbyists and representatives who were there, they just smiled, but they did not take up uh, they did not take up our results so far. So what we foresee for the next period of the cap is that it will maybe slightly improve, but that necessary steps will not be undertaken. That brings me to a recent incident in Berlin. KCRW Berlin reported on that as well. A beekeeper from Brandenburg emptied a bucket marked Glyphosat Honig onto the steps of Germany's Federal Ministry for Food and Agriculture in protest of policies which he believes led to the contamination of his honey harvest and cost him his livelihood. Germany's Federal Minister for Food and Agriculture said what happened to the beekeeper is regrettable, but that it's an isolated incident. What's your take on this story? Yes, uh, so here I understand both sides. On the one, because we do not have clear scientific evidence about the impacts and the effects of glyphosate. This is the point. We have several several agency dealt with the glyphosate. It's, it has been done in the US, it has been done in Europe, it has been done on the German level, and these agencies uh, checked glyphosate and the results are yeah, come to different results. And now in, in Germany, we plan to forbid glyphosate uh, within the next years. And in Europe, they say they want to check it again. They want to test it again. Um, we do not have clear evidence on the one hand. On the other hand, there are maybe some first hints that it might be, uh, uh, yeah, it might uh, destroy uh, environmental uh, plants and animals and put damage to, to them. Um, so here the scientific perspective is not clear, I must say. So I can, I can really understand both sides who, who uh, have different positions. And let's hear from one more farmer. We met him at the Wir haben es satt, We are fed up demonstration in Berlin, where many organic farmers and environmentalists protested last Saturday. His name is Ernst Hermann Meyer. He is a beef cattle farmer who invented a mobile slaughter box. He says it's a more humane method and less stressful for the animals because they are slaughtered on the farms uh, they were raised on. Let's hear what he had to say. You really shouldn't generalize, but animals in the livestock industry aren't doing so well, both in the stalls and at slaughter. We treat animals like disposable goods. Everyone who has livestock is responsible for their animals. And you can't just say, because the meat has to be cheap in the discount supermarket, I'll raise my animals cheaply. We're showing that there are other ways of raising livestock. What do you think? Uh, I would say the magic number is 1 to 9 to 90, which means one, one person is innovative, also with respect to environmental concerns, going new ways and new steps. Nine are willing to follow, and 90 
do not change their behavior. They behave like before. So I would say it's, it's wonderful and it's great if we have a single people who change their behavior voluntarily, who go to into another direction. And this is really important that niches uh, emerge and the niches will lead to a change in the entire sector. But, but on the other hand, we need better regulation. And this is my major point. It's not possible to change the system without better reg regulation uh, because the farmers are under high competition. Many of the, them uh, maximize their income and it's, it's part of the story and part of the system that they maximize the income and I fully understand that. But here we need regulation to set certain boundaries and better and stronger boundaries for the business. So these are good closing words. You sound hopeful. Naya, I'm, <laughs> Naya. I'm, I'm, Naya means I'm not really hopeful when you look at the lobbyism. We have a strong lobbyism in the agricultural sector, strongly linked with major industrial companies who produce all the seed and all the, all the pesticides and all the things. And uh, many, many of them are still on the traditional track. And they, are, they have the power and they are in a position to keep the system as it is. And what I fear is that the forces who call for more environmental concerns, for more climate protection, they need more time and they need more power to uh, reach the goals. And that's it for today's show. Thank you, Bernd. Thank you. Professor Dr. Bernd Hans-Jürgens is the head of the Department of Economics at the Helmholtz Center for Environmental Research in Leipzig. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin. I'm Monika Müller-Kroll. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to tune in next week for another episode of Studio Berlin. Enjoy your weekend. 